This is the Scare Christian Podcast. I'm Daniel. I'm Justin. Happy Halloween, guys. Woo! That's right. It's October 31st. Our favorite day of the year. I think for me, I get I, yeah, I get more excited for Halloween than I do Christmas. As excited as your children. Yeah. Yeah. My kids, uh, I, I think they prefer Halloween, too, to Christmas. Yeah. Even uh, this past year, after Christmas and everything was over, right in January, they started watching Halloween stuff again. Is it the whole atmosphere of Halloween, the candy, the movie? Yeah, I think so. Like, just all the... Or the dressing f- up. Yeah, I think it's all of it. The decorations, the dressing up, the fun of it, the movies, the the candy, the food, all of it. Like, it just reminds me of just a lot of things I love. I love Halloween. I can't wait to dress my little boy up. It's going to be awesome. But in honor of Halloween, we're going to uh, start a whole new series called... Things that scare Christians, and this episode we ha- are interviewing a good friend of ours named Edith, who is a Christian and is a lesbian. That's right. In this series, what we're hoping to do is talk about a lot of things that uh, make Christians uncomfortable or consider a little taboo or on the fringe or something that Christians disagree about a lot. And in this episode, we talk about um, homosexuality and what that looks like for a Christian, um, which is still a pretty divisive issue in the Christian world. Um, and so we talked to our, our good friend Edith about what it's like for her uh, being a lesbian and a Christian. So sit back and relax and enjoy the first episode of Things That Scare Christians. Keep having this oh, conversation. keep having this conversation. Okay. Yeah, I was left at a police station at Seoul, Korea, um, and then I was adopted seven months when I was seven months old. And then they sent me to the hospital to diagnose me. I had pneumonia, scarlet fever, a bunch of other things. They finally diagnosed me with alcoholic syndrome. Then they later on, they found out that I was dyslexic, ADD, had a huge learning disability. I was mainly in the hospital all the time because of my toes and my hands to rebuild them so I could have function with them. How, so old, how old were you when you were left? Like the, when they when you were at the police station, were you like a day old or were Pretty you? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. All I was left was with a little band that had my Korean name, and that's it. Do you know your Korean name? Yes, I do. Awesome. I yeah. don't give that out that much. You don't give it out. No, okay. You don't have to no. tell. You don't have to tell the Scare Christian <laughs> Podcast fans. Yeah, I know what how, you're talking how about. Old are, how old are you? Twenty. I don't know. I stopped counting after thirty. You're not 30. I'm over 30. I thought but you were I just stopped counting. 20s. Korean Asian people age so well. Yeah, once you hit that one mark though. Tom Lim showed me a picture of his mother. She looked like she was 19 and she was like 65. Oh my god. She was so pretty. Well, Tom is 60. <laughs> Tom is 60. <laughs> I, Tom was like, "How old do you think I?" I was like, "Dude, you could be 18 or 45. I have no idea." <laughs> With Asian people, they just age better. We do. It's great. I'm, I don't want to get older. Mm-mm. When did uh When did you say you came to the states? When I was seven months old. Seven months old. Okay. Yes, and then I was adopted by two lovely people that could not have children. They tried several times. At one point, my mom had a little baby boy, and it was a miscarriage. She got to hold the six-month little baby in her hand, and then bury it. That sucks. Yeah. That's awful. How long have you been a Christian? Oh, God, ever since I was pretty much raised. Born into the church? Yeah, born into Presbyterian. I was confirmed as a Presbyterian. But then when I got older, I kind of rebelled against everything Mm -hmm. after finding out about my parents' illness. Um, And then I just went off and did whatever and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then I found, after my parents passed away, I really came to Jesus again. 
okay. and been saved. How, how old were you when your parents passed away? It was two years when my mom passed away and three years since my dad passed away. Okay. So pretty, not, not too long ago. No, not too long ago. Mm-mm. Okay. So what was, what was the span there when you said like you kind of went through your rebellion to coming back? Like how long of a time period was that? Oh God, I would say at least eight to 10 years. Oh, okay. Um, I finally just was like done with drugs and alcohol. I was tired of hurting my parents. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I could do better for them mm-hmm. and be the daughter that they always wanted me to be. So, so like most of your twenties. Yeah, mostly my twenties. That's I, not unusual. <laughs> that's that's normally the party phase. I think that was Daniel's party phase. I've never partied. <laughs> Can I come to a party sometime? You're, you're wearing a shirt that says "I'm Daniel and I like to party." That's what. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it goes with my pot my pot leaf on my forehead that I got tattooed. So. Twenty friendly on your tattoo. How long have you known, like, that you were gay? Um, pretty much when I started being Girl Scouts, I started getting feelings for girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but society actually w- influenced me, saying that it's a sin. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, maybe I should start dating guys. I get on a really bad path. I started sleeping with whoever, whatever, just to get high, mm-hmm. too. Um, and then I also started cutting myself because I hated my body. I hated that these feelings were there, but society told me it's a sin. Mm-hmm. And I was tired of hurting myself. I knew that he wouldn't want me to do that to myself and destruct my body and my temple. So I just wanted to be happy. And I came to him for guidance and I f- think that he would want me to be happy no matter what choice I make. Mm-hmm. So when you're uh, Girl Scouts, what age is that? That's like oh gosh, like nine, eight yeah. or nine. So pretty early. Pretty, yeah, pretty early. Okay. And then so like how long from there to that, that revelation of Jesus just wants you to be happy and not hurt yourself? I like? really started fighting it around 12 to 13. Okay. I have, I just started cutting myself just taking nail clippers and ripping skin off, mm-hmm. taking plastic, just anything to cut myself to feel something other than this denial inside me. Mm-hmm. So how long did that like when you, when you cut, like how long does that does it did it give you relief like for like a time or is it how did, like as a cutter, like how did it how made does me that work? feel like I had something mm-hmm. then nothing because that's all I felt was nothing. I felt like I didn't belong any group I was in in high school. I felt like Christianity was just pushing me away because that's what society taught me, Mm -hmm. that it was a sin and that I'm just going to burn to hell. So I was just done with being unhappy. Did did your parents ever, like, how did they, like, uh, did you ever come out to your parents or did they just kind of know... I did or come out to my parents. Um, I came out to them at 15 years old. Okay. And I told them that I liked women. And they said, I figured. They said... So you weren't you weren't fooling them at all? No, no not <laughs> at all, apparently. Um, they just were like, no matter what you decide, no matter who you are with, we love you and we are proud of you. That's awesome. Very good parents. They are. They are, they are great parents. With... Um, you said you're Presbyterian, so was your church pretty anti-gay growing up? No, not really. Okay, because I know the Presbyterians are, are, are pretty accepting from yes. what I understand. They were. They didn't really care what mm-hmm. I chose as my lifestyle. They just wanted me to be happy with God. 
And I think that the whole thing with Christianity is that it's based all on love, no mm -hmm. matter who you love, if they're black, white, Korean, Russian, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's all about love. So the uh, like the pressure you said that you felt like to not be gay from societal is that like like growing up here in the South is that you think it's from that like Actually, just Southern I was culture raised or? in the North. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, where 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 did you grow up? I grew up in a little town called Burke. It's right near Springfield and Fairfax. It's really tiny. I don't I, here in Virginia. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's up north of Virginia. Um, so Burke is a little tiny place, and then Fairfax, Clifton, Annandale is all circled around oh, it. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's really tiny. It's very suburban, and no one really pressured me, but television mm. really made me think that it was a sin. Okay. What What about television made you think it was a sin? How I saw like people always knocking down gay people. And yeah. that was mainly the bowling side, but I didn't see the part where they resolved the bowling, where yeah. they said it was okay to be who you are. Yeah. I just saw that all these kids were beating up on other kids just because they were different. Yeah. And then I always felt uncomfortable with my own body because of my hands and my toes are different from other people. I thought that I was weird that I didn't understand completely fully when I was younger that my parents are white. I'm Asian. Yeah. I'm different. My parents also had many health issues, so they did get stares. My dad had spondylitis. My mom was overweight because of the chemo. So I was like, why am I being punished for all of this? Why can't I have, be normal like everyone else? And then I realized, what is normal? Normal is boring. It is boring. No yeah. one has talking about that. I, one of my favorite things in the world is conjoined twins. I was just, I'm so amazed by them. I'm like, I always see stuff like that as, uh, as like a weird blessing, you know, it's it's got to be hard yeah. to be connected to somebody else for the rest of your life or have any kind of, you know, something that people don't think is normal. But to me, I just, I just think it's special. It's like having a permanent roommate. <laughs> what, um, so obviously we're in an audio format and people can't see your, your hands or your feet. What's different about your hands or feet? So on my left hand, they're kind of halfway fingers. Mm -hmm. There's really not a knuckle. It's just partial. Mm -hmm. um, a long time ago, it was more webbed-like. Okay. Um, so they, I've had several different surgeries to take out skin, skin grafting, to have complete function with them. Okay. So I can actually grip stuff, hold stuff. But it's still a pain because my heart really wanted to go into the military or police force or EMS. But eventually down the line, I wouldn't be able to do it because mm -hmm. I wouldn't be, I'd be, be able to hold a gun, wear gloves, so I'm kind of SOL in that department. Right. But So I know you're a, a fitness nut now. Yes. You, I know that's like uh, a lot of people, uh, myself included, when you go from the crazy world of, you know, partying all the time and then you, you get healthy, like it, it, that becomes your new party. Like you get addicted to it. Has that been a struggle for you with your, with your hands? It has. Like exercising? It has. Um, for the longest time, I didn't think that I could bench press or I could hold a handle I could actually grip it but I couldn't go a certain weight because I couldn't have that extra grip um but amazingly somebody left me these hooks that straps around your wrist and then it's a metal hook right in your palm to grab stuff to hold stuff easier and they were just left on my desk there was no note I have no idea who left them but it was definitely a blessing to make me want to achieve my goals that I've always wanted to go that's awesome. <laughs>
That's that's really cool that somebody did that for you. So, as a lesbian and a Christian, uh, tell tell us a little bit what that's like. I mean, I'm sure you have other gay friends, and you have probably other Christian friends, and uh, just tell us a little bit. Is uh, how is that? I, it's definitely difficult. Um, some of my friends actually of ten years. Uh, I used to go out drinking with them, baseball games. They were like family to me. And then after my mom passed away, because she was my best friend, my world, I lost my my school and drank pretty heavily, woke up, drank, went to work, kept on drinking throughout the day, and then I stopped. I started reading Bibles, reading verses, quoting stuff. Then they told me that I was too religious. That all I do is also go to the gym. All I do is hang out with straight people. And my response is, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with me bettering myself and being a better person? They say, you've changed. I said, I'm sorry that you feel that way. But this is my choice. We stop being friends. Then I have a lot of straight people that are very Christian. And they accept me for who I am. And all they want to do is be there for me, be happy for me. And I tell them my testimony, and they're just amazed of what I've been through. And then it helps them realize that their lives aren't that bad. That maybe we have to sit there and stop and listen to other people before judging everybody. So so you've kind of, like one of the, um, I think it was a question from Star's cousin, was kind of, how you were accepted in like the LGBT community. I want to make sure I always mess those <laughs> acronyms up. So LGBT community. Um, oh, so fine. for you, like acceptance in the, if I look LBGT community versus the church, like what did that look like? Is that kind of like when you're parting phase, were you pretty accepted? And then like you said, you've kind of gone back to your faith and it's flipped with some of your friends or, like, what does that look like for you, like, as far as acceptance in those communities? Honestly, I haven't really been in the LGBT community that much due to the fact that there's a lot of drama. I don't, I don't really do drama. I'd rather be outside than at a club. I'd mm-hmm. rather lift weights than hear about what happened to Stacy and mm-hmm. what happened to Christina. I'm too old for that stuff. Are those real friends that are going to listen to the podcast and be mad at you? No, I have no idea who those are. <laughs> so how does uh, how do you feel about like um, marriage, relationships, all that? Like, how does that for you as uh, as a lesbian and a Christian? What is that? What are your feelings? Because some, you know, some people are like, it's all good. You know, you can whatever your heart wants. That's what you can go for. And then like, I have gay friends that are like, based on scripture, I just have to be celibate. Like, where do you? Where do you fall on that spectrum? Right now, I've been celibate for actually two years. And I've become close to God during that time. I've become sober. And I just recently had the idea of starting to date. But I also want to find a partner that understands me and my religion and how my lifestyle is with the love of fitness and God and my love of nature and being outside, if they don't understand that, I really don't want them to be in my life. Yeah, I, I follow you on uh, Instagram and uh, or Facebook, and you're always doing something. You never sit still. It seems like you get up early. You, you know, you, and we have to finish this podcast early because you got to get up at 3 in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> so. Yes. 
Yeah, it kind of makes me tired to see your pictures. Like, <laughs> like oh, hiking. That's I got to take a nap from looking at your pictures. Me, me and Farmer took a hike one time, and we were five minutes in, and he had to sit down. He literally, I think he almost died when we got to the top of Dragon's Tooth. Oh, that's the one place I haven't been yet. I'm going to take you there. Yes. It is great. It's a great view. It's an hour and 20-minute hike. Oh, that's nothing. Well, when you're an overweight guy, it's not fun. You'll be fine. You're you're in shape. I like working out for me is like looking at your pictures. That's <laughs> that's my workout. I'm like, oh okay. Oh, yep. His thumb is really strong from flipping through Instagram and whatnot. There's a little meme about a uh, little thumb with muscles and it's like flexing and just <laughs> That's me. That. That's my workout yes. regimen. Um how do you like with like your passion for Jesus and the Bible and stuff, and where do you land with uh, like the scriptures that people use to be anti-gay, anti-homosexual? Well, they also say that shellfish is a mm-hmm. sin. Yeah. They also say that greed, envy, and lust is a sin. But people do that every day. Mm-hmm. They ignore that factor. Yeah. And they just want to pinpoint homosexuality. I really think that it's mainly fear. Mm-hmm. And then they don't want to accept it. They don't want to be more open-minded to difference. Mm-hmm. So they just think, oh, well, you're just going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. But they probably sit there and lust over somebody or want more money in their bank account. Seven deadly sins are commonly used every single day. Yeah. How does that, like, how does that make you feel towards God? Like when you read the scriptures, like in, uh, was it Corinthians, where it talks about, you know, the people that won't go to heaven and it, it lists homosexuals. But like you said, also the liars and the, the greedy people, like how do you, you know, there's different interpretations, different interpretations of that scripture. Like how do you read it? I really just kind of shove it off. Really? Um, I have a relationship with God and I feel like that's solid. I feel like no matter what I'm showing his message, I'm, teaching other people my testimony and I think that's what he would want Mm -hmm. I think that's what we do we're we're messengers of God to help other people with whatever struggle that they may be going through Mm -hmm. have you uh have you ever been confronted by a Christian about being gay like in in a negative way yes yes I have um when I I used to work at Subway a long time ago and I was talking to one of my managers about just going to the club i didn't mention any type of club Mm -hmm. and a customer in front of me assumed that i was going to the park so they immediately told me that i was going to hell i asked my manager politely if i could take off my subway gear clock out and have a lovely discussion with this lady she said sure so i sure did i had a discussion i asked her if she loved money I went to the seven deadly sins, and of course she did every single thing. Mm-hmm. And I said, what right do you have to judge me while you're doing all these sinning mm-hmm. and you're judging me of my lifestyle? You shouldn't judge me because that's what Jesus would not want you to do. Mm-hmm. The only person that can judge me is him. Oh, and she didn't say anything else. <laughs> did she finish eating herself or did she leave? I, she left. <laughs> <laughs> In being a Christian and being gay, have you ever been, like, mad at God for, I guess, making you gay, if you want to phrase it that way? No. No. I have not. He made me different. Once I realized that I am different from other people Mm -hmm. because of my hands, 
I realized that he wanted me to be different, to help other people understand my difference. I was mad at him for taking my parents, but eventually I for, I understood that. Mm-hmm. So, it sounds like all this stuff has just made you super strong. You know, like you you know what with your hands and you know you've been through hell with drugs and then alcohol and then losing your mom and dad and you know you're being dropped off at the police station to, to begin with um you know it seems like now you're just grabbing life by the horns and running with it that's awesome pretty much yeah i think that in itself is i know i i'd love being inspired by other people you know and seeing people i i would love to just sit and watch horror movies all day long but <laughs> <laughs> i would also like to be productive and like make something of this life you know and that that's awesome that you're you're out there inspiring people to do better and to, to get healthy, you know. Mm-hmm. So on that idea, like having been everything you've been through with, you know, your upbringing and your parents and your health and um, and being gay, what would you tell someone who's in a similar spot? Like, um, you know, I feel like you hear all the time about kids who are, you know, growing up gay and bullied and committing suicide and things like that. So there's these kids out there that are struggling like you were. Like, what would you tell them to kind of help get them through, like, the hard times of it? Don't let other people ruin your life. Don't let their judgment make you make bad choices. Live your life to the fullest. There's so much out there. If you live in a small community, get out. Go do something with your life because you can better other people's lives by doing that, by bettering yourself and just being happy. I think part of the beauty of the church is the community that it offers. Yes. And like the acceptance and the love that we're called to. Um, you know, we don't always, we're not always there. I and mean, some communities are better at it than others. Um, for you, like, do you have like a church that you belong to or have belonged to that, that made you feel welcome? Um, I actually have been still searching for the right church. I have been to several different churches. I know that Southern Baptist is very anti-homosexual. Um, and I actually have been there several times. Mm-hmm. The people there, you know, the community do look at me oddly when I'm sitting there wearing my nice button-up t-shirt and a tie. And then they're just confused. Mm-hmm. I do have my tattoos showing because I'm not going to hide them. That's why I have them. They continue to stare at me. They don't say anything, but they are polite. So I, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. They're sitting there. I also have many friends that are Southern Baptists, mm-hmm. and their family never thought that they would have an Asian lesbian in their house, right. especially for Christmas dinner. And now I'm invited to their house almost every single year. That's cool. Yeah. Like, what would you like to see, you know, in the church? And I'll, I'll use that kind of the church kind of as a broad spectrum. We'll say like the American church. We can speak to that more. Like <laughs> what, what would you like to see as far as like how they can better interact with, uh, with lesbians like yourself or other people who are gay? I think if they actually go out into different communities, open their eyes, talk to these people, they would see that they're just like them. We bleed the same color blood and our hearts beat the same unless you have like some heart dysfunction or some, <laughs> you know, heart monitor, you know, that's a little different. But we're all the same. Mm-hmm. We all love Jesus. We all want to better ourselves. We want to be happy. Mm-hmm. What does it matter if I'm gay or not? Or bisexual, mm-hmm. transgender, doesn't matter. 
Yeah, I think like I grew up really conservative and mm-hmm. like I grew up in like a Pentecostal denomination and yeah, very legalistic and you know, it was like everything's a sin. Of course, homosexuality is a sin like that. And I think from what I've seen growing up in that that a lot of times when people talk about homosexuality, they're making it about the sex. Yes. Like and that's it's like, "Oh, it's gross and it's wrong and all this stuff." But they leave out like you're saying that gay people are people too. Like me and my wife were talking about it um on Sunday how we've both kind of shifted into more of like um like being more gay affirming and stuff because we have so many gay friends and it's like you we were neither one of us were really taught in the church like yeah they're normal people like who pay bills and have fights and you know get frustrated at normal you know their coworkers and stuff like that you know it's right. like you see that a lot in the church where gay people are demonized and like oh they're trying to turn the kids gay but it's like no, they're just normal people just right. like everyone else. And it's it's nice to talk to people. Like I think like you're saying, once you get to know people, it's not like the gays. It's, it's Edith. And it's, you know, and you put faces on people. It's like, right. oh, like you're saying, yeah, we're all pretty similar. Like, And we're all kind of equally messed up, which I think we talk about <laughs> a lot on here. It's like, yeah, we're all pretty jacked up people. You know, yeah. and that's like the beauty of the gospel is that Jesus is like, it's good. I like all of you the same. Like, it's cool. We all have a story to tell. Exactly. Edith, how did uh, how'd you first meet Daniel? Um, that's a very good question. I think I uh, went in there for a consult, and we just got to know each other. First, I think the first session it was just get a tattoo, leave. Mm-hmm. But then we started opening up, became friends on Facebook, started seeing my feed. I started seeing his feed, and we had a lot in common mm-hmm. and about Jesus. And struggles and everything like that. So, I think for a lot of people, and Daniel can definitely attest to this, that when you get tattooed, it's kind of like therapy. Yes. And that um, your tattoo artist kind of becomes your counselor, whether they mean to or not. But like, <laughs> you know, you vent all that, and you know, especially if you have tattoos that have meaning, which I think you do. Like, I think yes. you told me about some, or like for your parents and stuff. Yes. So, do you think like did you have that experience with Daniel, where it's kind of like the more you got to know each other and the more he's doing like tattoos on you, did that kind of bring you guys to be more friends? Definitely. Definitely. I told him a lot about what these are meant for. Um, my whole right arm is dedicated to my dad. My left arm is dedicated to my mom and my back is dedicated to the struggle that I went through as a younger child. So it all has meaning to me and I just, I trust him on every single thing he does. Oh, I forgot, yeah. You did her whole back, huh? Which you have a massive back piece. Yes. Yeah, and I still need to get better pictures because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst at taking photos, especially with an iPhone. So um, you're thinking about get, you're thinking about getting uh, back into dating? Yes, yes. Would you consider getting married? I would, eventually. I do want the whole, you know, white picket fans, two point three whatever <laughs> child <laughs> a dog a cat everything awesome. sit there wake up make breakfast read the newspaper go to work want all of that yeah yes. i know marriage today just seems so people are seem so against it like not just the the gay and lesbian community like people in general are just like why get married like that's pointless you know and being married is pretty awesome it's tough at times but in the long run I was, we were at walmart earlier and my 
we were set, me and my wife were together, and but she was doing one thing, I was doing another, and I came back and I was like, man, that's my wife. That's so <laughs> awesome. That pretty girl made me happy. I'm just trying to get some brownie points on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> With um, like if you got married and say you want kids, you know, um, I I guess uh, and this is probably like a weird question because you're not even there, so it's like. There's to no have kids, you know, it's, I guess you have options of either what um, in vitro, yes. if you did that, or adoption. Do you feel like since you were adopted, do you have like a heart for adoption? Like, would you want to adopt kids, you know, from Korea or somewhere abroad like that? Is it do you like do you have a heart for adoption or do you want to get pregnant and have your own baby? I actually do want to have my own baby. I want to have a little Asian spawn <laughs> and run around. And I know that my, my brother probably won't have children. And my parents taught me great morals, and I want to pass that on to my little spawn. Mm -hmm. um, but if in the long run I cannot have a child, then I will adopt. I don't care where it's from because I'm going to love it no matter what. Mm -hmm. And if my partner wants that, that's if she wants to have children of her own, fine by me. More the merrier. I love kids. So That's awesome. I think though marriage these days are kind of like a fad. It's cool to be married. I've noticed in the community that in six months of knowing each other and dating, by the seventh month they're married. And I don't feel hey, like me and my wife were married. <laughs> We met in March, <laughs> and we're married in November. Hey, but you know, that's... <laughs> heart wants what the heart wants. Exactly. You know? And you guys been together for how long? On and off? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been married almost two years. See? Yeah. Lesbians? No, not so much. Even the gay community, I uh, feel like it's a revolving uh, door. Lesbians? I've got to say, I've, I've heard some funny jokes about how lesbians <laughs> went on their second date and got a U-Haul truck Yes, to, that's my favorite. It's kind of true. It's sad but true. I dated this one girl for, I want to say, three to four years off and on. She requested for me to move in, do the whole nine yards. I was hesitant. Not just because, you know, we were on and off again, but I felt like we should have a more stable relationship than anything. Than just to throw everything in one basket and go from there. I think a relationship should be based on a friendship and then progress into more mm -hmm. than just, oh, let's go get married because it's fun. Right. Do you think, and I mean, can you speak for all gay people? Um, <laughs> but no, like, I, I've heard that uh, sometimes that whole, like, get married or get together so fast is partially because of the way our culture treats gay people and that there's a lot of loneliness in the gay community. So do you think that that is maybe part of the reasoning behind that, that, you know, especially for, you know, say gay people who've been gay and single for a long time, that when you find someone, there's like a, like an excitement and anxiousness to like couple and to like be with that person. You think that's part of what causes that? Yes. I think that the honeymoon stage is, it's great. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I think people don't make the right judgment calls mm. in their honeymoon stage. And I think they should extend out mm -hmm. and be in a relationship for a certain period of time and then eventually make that next step. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that just people need to stop jumping the gun too quickly. Yeah. No, I agree. I see that like in really in all relationships. Yes. Like, like I have a lot of friends that it's like 
they meet someone and they hook up really quick and they get way into each other and then suddenly two months later they're broke up and they're heartbroken. Right. You know, it's like you're saying there's no time to like cultivate a relationship. You know, you don't want to move in with someone and find, you know, a week later like they annoy the shit out of me. Like, you know, <laughs> like I can't live with this person. You know, I, I think like me and my wife, we were together um two years and two months on our wedding day. Okay. So we knew each other pretty good, but like after we got married, we moved in to each other. So, which is kind of fun adventure. It's like, I don't know what it's like to live with a girl, you know, because I don't have sisters or anything. So. Right. Well, I do, but I never lived with them. So, stepsisters, this whole thing. But yeah, yeah, I like that take. I also uh, don't understand how they're so ho- heartbroken over dating somebody for two months, but then a week later, oh, they're just utterly in love with mm-hmm. the next person. I just don't understand that. And I see that a lot in the community. And it's kind of it's kind of sad. Yeah. To me, maybe it's just me and my old fashionedness. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if it was so, you were so deep in love with the last person, you should let your heart heal mm-hmm. and grow as an independent woman to be, find the next woman mm-hmm. or man or whatever. If you're a boy, a guy, and looking for a boyfriend. Yeah. Or woman looking for a man. I think people need to let the heart heal before jumping into anything else. You've told me before that um, kind of like when you were in your rebellious party phase, like it was pretty intense, right? Yes. Um, like what, what what did that look like for you? Like I started smoking cigarettes at the end of sixth grade, started wow. smoking pot at seventh, continued to then progress into other drugs. I have done pretty much every single drug except peyote. I'm not proud of it, but I don't regret any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many times where... All I cared about was to get high. So I did whatever, whoever, just to get that high. Mm -hmm. There are many nights where I have woken up and not known where I was. I was sore all over. I don't know what happened the night before. And there's many times where I've gone to Planned Parenthood, got tested, and I thank God that everything was okay. And Mm -hmm. I'm completely negative and clean. So, yeah, it was a really bad time for me. There's many times where I hit rock bottom. Well, I thought it was rock bottom, mm-hmm. but I no, still continued doing what I did. I eventually stopped, you know, doing and whatever to get high. I just kind of stuck around, you know, the simple stuff of getting high. But eventually I quit around 2004. Had to move away to get away from all of it. So mm-hmm. I moved to Roanoke. Well, actually, I moved to Bradford, but I got out of the hustle and bustle. And moved to a party town like Bradford. <laughs> no. I only drank, only drank, you know. What? It, um, so would you, for you in that time, like, would you say that you were an addict, like, to a specific drug? Or did you just have, like, were you just trying to self-medicate? Or, like, what, like, would you consider yourself a former drug addict? Like, what does that look like? Because, you know, some people do drugs for a while, but they're not necessarily addicted. You know, it's like they get out of that face and they're good. Whereas some people, you know, who have like a lifelong heroin addiction that they have to fight their whole life. So what, what is that? Like, would you say that you're a recovering addict or was it just, I would say a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Okay. Um, I didn't have that much of an issue of getting off a substance than most people, which I'm Mm -hmm. thankful for. But I did have withdrawals. I did have the throw-ups and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was mainly addicted to pot, coke, 
and shrooms. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to get high all the time. Mm -hmm. Are you, uh, like now, can like, like was alcohol ever an issue or can you like have a beer now and you're fine or? I did have an issue. Um, like I said, when my mom passed away, I turned to alcohol. Um, and then I realized that she wouldn't want that. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't want me to sit there and be depressed all the time and drink myself away. Mm -hmm. um, so I went sober for eight months. And I knew I could do it because I kicked off all the other drugs before. Mm -hmm. I knew my willpower was strong. And I turned to Jesus for guidance mm -hmm. to help me through whatever struggles I went through to be away from alcohol. I dealt with loss of friends because they didn't like the lifestyle I'm choosing by mm -hmm. choosing God and going hiking and going to do fitness all the time. Yeah. Um, but if they don't understand me, then why do I need that negativity in my life? Right. So. Yeah. Didn't you said that, um, like when, uh, you were in Korea and you were a baby, like, didn't you say that they found, what was it? You said alcohol. Yes. I'm an alcoholic syndrome baby. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Um, the, what, the doctors diagnosed me. They found out that my mom was a drug addict and an alcoholic. That's what, why I have uh, missing fingers and missing toes. Okay. Why I have dyslexia, ADD, high learning disability. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the only thing they can think of. My friends have a theory that my mom was a whore and my father was a GI because I have attributes that most Asian people do not have. So they figured that my I have a little Caucasian in me, but I really honestly don't know. Mm -hmm. So I live an interesting life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, way more exciting than my life. I was like, <laughs> born the country, watched a lot of TV. Like, <laughs> that's about it. Got married later. The last question I had on here was, who's God to you? Who's God? Or who's Jesus to you if, you, if, if Jesus is more personal? Hmm. He's everything to me. He's my father. He's my mentor. He's my leader. He's everything. When I'm struggling, I turn to him. Because as Daniel said that I'm a strong individual, there are many times where I just want to break down and cry. There are times where I miss my parents so much it kills me inside. But I know that they're better with him that they are in no more pain, and they're not suffering. It still sucks that I can't hear their voice. I can't hear them yell at me, but I know that they would want me to be happy. They would want me to go out and do whatever that makes me happy. So what's really important about this interview? What's your favorite horror movie? You know... Are you a horror fan? I do. I, I do love horror. The problem is, nowadays... It's all predictable. Yeah. I like the old school horror, like Frankenstein, stuff like that. Like Scream, that was, that's, it was good. Yeah. But it wasn't fantastic. The Trick or Treat movie that you made me watch. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. We've reviewed that that's, a couple yeah, times. We'll <laughs> Big fans of Trick or Treat. Yes. Um, love the Rob Zombie movies. He's just a brilliant just director in yeah. general. But I really don't have a favorite horror movie. No? No. What would you say your movie go-to is? Are you, are you a comedy, drama? You have the night off. You have the night off. You don't have to get up early in the morning. What movie are you going to sit down and watch? Really, 
it all depends. If I want to go to marathon or if I want to just pop in something real quick. And also if I'm kind of in an am mushy mood or a suspense. It just really all depends. If it's a trilogy, definitely Star Wars. Love Star Wars. Or Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to go musical, I would say Phantom of the Opera. If I want to go, you know, kind of love and sappy-ish. Green fr- no, fried green tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's a classic. It is a classic. Or if I want to go Western, I would go Tombstone. Do you feel like um, lesbians are underrepresented in the film world? Yes, I do. Um, I feel like their movie called Loving Annabelle, it's a great movie, but at the same time, stuff like that really doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a series called The L Word. Mm-hmm. I think they portrayed it really well, um, but at the same time, most lesbians don't have those kinds of jobs, <laughs> which maybe they do. I don't know. Um, not around here, at least they don't, because <laughs> they're all talking about the director of an art institution, mm-hmm. hairstylist, um, a writer for a magazine. There's not that many people around in Roanoke, at it, least. It sounds like Sex in the City, but with lesbians. It pretty much was. Okay. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, it was definitely accurate as far as the drama and the back talking. Because they, they do that a lot around here. So, like, lesbians are just as catty as straight women? Is that? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, they are. There's nothing nothing different about them. <laughs> Sit there and be like, oh, did you see what Tiffany wear is wearing? Mm. Who cares about what Tiffany's wearing? Is Tiffany a real person? I don't know who a Tiffany <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, is there any other aspects of your life that you would that you would like to talk about? Or struggles? Or horror movies? <laughs> women so we uh, this is all we're super straight yeah we tried to make out yeah, once yeah. it didn't work uh, yeah and there's just a lot of gut on both of us that <laughs> it didn't work out that, i don't really there's not that much struggle well there was um you know it's not it's i've always kept it private but i might as well just come out and say it it was really um a struggle for me as a lesbian having missing fingers because I always thought that it was they would judge me because of what they do. Um and a lot of typing or <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes. I'm just kidding. Yes, exactly. We get what you're saying. We're exactly the typing. You know that that X and the Q real hard. I don't even know where they are on the keyboard, but flipping the bean. The L L bean. <laughs> That's a horrible joke. That really is. Um but I thought I was I was gonna be like just not accepted by their community and then I just was like, you know what, if they can't accept me, forget them. Because mm-hmm. this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Just like tattoos. If they don't wanna see me in public because of them, well, so sad I can uh, kinda can't remove them. Well I could technically. Is, is that a thing? Like lesbians are anti tattoo? No. I was say because a lot but, of lesbians I know are heavily tattooed. Like, <laughs> no, but as a community in general, straight or gay, tattoos are still frowned upon, and I don't understand why. Even Taylor Swift has a tattoo. Come mm-hmm. on now, it's it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. But still, people will look at you like, "Oh, where'd you get those? Did you get them in a jail?" Mm-hmm. No, no, bitch, no. <laughs> Didn't get to that. Because tattoos don't look that good. <laughs> I know sometimes the topic of um, 
like some churches seem to be like they're okay with gay people attending, but not gay people in ministry. What do you think about that? I think it's just retarded. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why a lifestyle has to be judged like that. Mm-hmm. I think if they're okay in your church and they should be okay in your ministry, mm-hmm. it should be okay in your congregation, sitting at your dining room table. Everything's ju- they're just people. Mm-hmm. That's all we are. We just want to be accepted. Just like how you want to be accepted in whatever community or different area that you're in. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, as a Christian, do you have a heart for like a certain kind of ministry that no. like you want to be in or? Not right now. Not really. I think it's just all about love. Mm-hmm. Like um, equal rights. They talk about just being equal and mm-hmm. everything and being love one another. And I love that about them. Um, however, there are unfortunately some gay people out there that only strictly hang out with gay people and don't even broaden their horizon on hanging out with straight people. Mm-hmm. They think that pretty much straight people are like a disease. And I think that's wrong due to the fact that you sit there and preach about equality. You sit there and want a set acceptance from everybody, but you disregard straight people. Why? What's the point? What does that get you any? So. Yeah. I think there's a lot of ignorance on all on, uh, on so many people. I know. Yes. I was raised the same way Farmer was talking about you know, in Southern Baptist. Uh, you know, I couldn't imagine if I would have came out to the church that I was gay, how I would have been treated. I probably would have been kicked out pretty quick. You know. Um, but I don't go to that church anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so have you? Could you say that you found a like a sweet spot uh, of balance between? Um, like being a Christian and being gay at this point? Yes. Yeah. Um, recently, I've actually come across a bunch of people that are very Christian and they are gay. And we talk about, because they also have not found the right church that suits them. So eventually we're going to go, after hiking, we're going to eventually go and do uh, church hunting and find the right church that suits us. So, I know a lot of people right now that are in similar boats, like not necessarily gay, but people who just feel like they don't fit in the church and, but are still hungry for God and to be spiritual and and to have that. And, um, it's just interesting that it seems I keep meeting more and more people like that Mm -hmm. who are looking for God, but when turning to the traditional church, aren't finding their needs met or necessarily what they're looking for. And I, I think some of it has to do what you're saying, like the, there's like a partial acceptance yeah. kind of going on. Um, wanna, I want to see that remedied, but at the same time, it's like, what does that even look like, you know? Yeah, um, I wondered that too. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I've noticed about some churches I've been to, I feel like sometimes they dumbify some of the scriptures, mm-hmm. and I feel like they're missing out on what's actually being said. Mm-hmm. Or they only do it one opinion versus... because. Mm-hmm. One scripture could mean something different from one person, and then another, that same scripture, scripture could be meaning something totally different to another. Right. And I feel like they only do one-sided, mm-hmm. when sometimes some scriptures could be gray. And I don't think that they should just pinpoint black and white, and they should go all aspects. Yeah. So. I, I know I, that's something in the past year, two years or something, that I think I'd like to see more of in the churches. It's not all about, you know, just the pastor's opinion. Yes. But, like, to have more of, like, a uh, an open forum group discussion. Because, like, you're saying, like, 
like you've lived a crazy life and you've been through a lot. So you have a perspective on the gospel and the Bible that I don't have. And right. you know, I've lived a life that you haven't. So I have a different right. perspective. And I think that we all grow and can learn from each other in that. So, but a lot of times in church, like you don't get to experience that because it's just come to church, sing some songs, hear one dude's thoughts and that's it. And right. so there's a lot of times it's the, uh, like the community aspect is kind of, not what it should be or could be, you know? Right. When you look at, like, in the Bible and the, the Gospels in the early church, like, there was more of, like, a group dynamic, it seems like. Um, so I think that's something that, like, at least from what I'm seeing, like, it would be cool to see the church do more of is, like, maybe come together on Sunday mornings and not just have a sermon, but, like, hey, here's the scripture. What's everyone think about this? And let, you know, everyone share their input. Mm-hmm. Like, they have Bible study, but at the same time, I feel like they only stick to one thing. They only stick to what the minister, the pastor's saying Mm -hmm. and work around that. They don't actually get other people's opinion. And then sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like some people don't even feel comfortable enough to open up their opinions and their, what they were struggling with Mm -hmm. because they don't feel comfortable in their church. And I definitely think that people should feel comfortable Mm -hmm. to open up to your congregation but and a lot of times, sorry to say this, but a lot of Christians are the most judgmental people ever. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because yeah. what he really would want was us to love each other. Right. Yeah, I, that's something um, I've been on like a deconstruction in my faith the past mm-hmm. couple of years. And that's something I'm kind of realizing even with myself is like a lot of what I believed about the Bible and the gospel um, is not because I found it out for myself. It's because people told me, right. you know, this is what this means or this is how we view this and, you know, you work up these presuppositions and this, like, narrative based on what other people tell you, but then when your life contradicts it, then it's like, well, what am I supposed to do with that? Right. It is definitely difficult. I definitely struggled through that in the past, but when reading it over and over and over again, I realized that these are people giving their story. Mm -hmm. We can take that perception and do what we want with it. Mm Mm-hmm. And some people, like I said, just stick with the black and white and don't go into the gray area. Yeah. People are afraid of that gray area because it's nothing that they know of. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that we should do is get more knowledge because mm-hmm. fear is just what the devil wants us to do. Mm-hmm. Just, and that's awful. Yeah. I, I think, you know, a lot of times I think that that's been part of the problems with the church, like, um, with the example of homosexuality, like people have been so adamantly against it. Right. But it's just because of what they've been taught. You right. Know? And it's, they haven't sought the scriptures for themselves or looked into it for themselves or got outside of the, the, you know, their church community to meet gay people who aren't there and, and hear their stories. Right. Because um, I know that's what's changed a lot of my views for me is knowing people, like getting to know people. I'm like, gay people are evil, but... My gay friend over here is like the kindest person I've ever met, you know? Right. That's what I think that's like, they think that gay people are like this evil devil person They wants to sit there and get everyone to be gay like them, and it's not like that at all. Yeah. So, we just want to be happy. Yeah, how, just, uh, yeah, how the Bible is mis-skewed to, you know, like I was raised to believe that suicide was like a ticket to hell you know and there's nowhere in the bible that says that right and special guest uh star jones my wife who i've been wanting to have on the podcast has a question for edith you're not a good speaker my wife says she's not a good speaker (laughs) 
she she's got one of the craziest testimonies of all time and speaks at churches, so she's gonna run wild with this. Hang on, here's Star Jones. Get ready to get wild, folks. <laughs> and that's so, weird to um, my husband Daniel and I, we were talking today about how um, there's some scriptures in the Bible that a lot of Christians debate on, and one specifically we were talking about was First Corinthians six nineteen, that says. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, honor God with your body. Right. And I was just saying that a lot of people have used that used that verse to say, well, you have tattoos. How are you honoring God with your body? How right. are you honoring, honoring your temple? And my response to that is I'm decorating my temple with beautiful verses from Holy Scripture and it's an amazing testimony, and I was also just saying that when Paul was speaking to the church in Corinth, mm-hmm. that it was a sexually immoral place, right. city. So a lot of the verses that go along in those chapters is talking about sexual immorality, which a lot of Christians consider homosexuality, the LGBT community, to be sinful, mm-hmm. and... Did I already mention that some people say some sins are greater right. than the others? So how do you interpret that? I feel like it's all a bunch of bull. Um, like you were saying about how you're decorating your temple, tr- temple with your testimony. At the same time, they want to sit there and that saying that it's not beautiful art. Technically, having tampons, you're damaging your temple by putting something that's not natural in your body. Well, I don't do that. Well, I'm just saying some people do. I'm a free flow. <laughs> I don't do it either. <laughs> then piercing your ears, that's technically damaging your temple, about all that piercing stuff. And, it does. And then there's makeup. Makeup's also define your temple. Wait, am I going to hell because I got my all these piercings in my face? Yes. Yes, you are. No, no you're no. not because... <laughs> I have sort of thought about those verses. Um, my whole thing about that is it's my temple. I'm okay with God, and if he's okay with me sharing my testimony with other people by my art, then that's fine. I'm talking about what other people? Oh, yeah. We're, we're cool. Me and him, as long as I'm happy, we're fine. I think so. As what. Only I will know once I go to his gate and find out. Yeah, I think a problem with when people interpret those scriptures is, you know, those scriptures were written like 2,000 years ago in a completely different culture and a completely different time. And we're here, you know, in Virginia in 2016 (laughs) trying to, like, twist scriptures to be about tattoos. And I'm like, dude, it totally misses the point. You know, it's like, I'm sure that's not what, you know, Paul had in mind when he was writing those, you know, talking about the temple and stuff. And I think that's part of some of the problems we see in the church is that people think they know the right answer with scripture instead of, you know, admitting we don't know. You right. know, it, that God is a mystery, scripture is a mystery, and we need the Holy Spirit to speak to us about it. So I think, you know, if you read that as, as a lesbian and you're good with it, you know, I think that we need to be okay with you being okay with it, you know? Yeah. It's like, Sometimes I think we don't trust the Holy Spirit because if you're doing something wrong, it's his job to be like, hey, knock it off. You right. Know? And so if 
you know, it's not the church's job to police your behavior. No. You know, or mine or anyone else's, you know, because like we, we were talking about earlier, we've all got sin. We're all messed up. Right. And uh, like you're saying, Star, like the some sins are worse than the others and stuff. Like, I don't think that's in the scripture at all to begin with. You know, obviously certain sins, the consequences are different. You know, so if I steal gum or I murder someone, the consequences are going to be different. But I don't know that scripture ever tells us that it's our job to weigh out sin because... Who, I mean, we're all flawed. Why would right. God give us that job? I think that's his job to measure out sin, you know? I think with a lot of that stuff, it, I think probably more of it's cultural than we realize. And you can see that in the progression of the church and throughout the years because people use those scriptures to bash gay people. Um, but also, same scriptures, New Testament, uh, women aren't supposed to talk in church and they should go home with their husbands. Explain them scripture like, we don't do that, you know, like <laughs> women are, are mostly treated as equals in the church now. And I think that's right, you know, right. And, and there's just different scriptures like that, that I think people take out of context, you know, you look at, I mean, Jesus comes down really hard on divorce, but like divorced people are totally accepted and loved in the church. So I think yeah. a lot of it is just cultural and understanding, you know, that maybe, you know, we're not interpreting scripture perfect. You know, like I think we need to have grace and love more than condemnation and telling people their lifestyles are sin. Mm -hmm. People forget about love. Mm -hmm. I think it's they just want to brush it under the rug mm -hmm. and they want to just judge. I'm not going to lie. I judge people mm -hmm. sometimes and I shouldn't and I know I shouldn't. But every night I do ask forgiveness for whatever I may have done wrong. Mm -hmm. Or whatever, I feel hesitant on it being wrong. Mm -hmm. I ask for forgiveness every day. I also ask for blessings of the people that may struggle with getting to have a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And people that are struggling with whatever illness. I don't sit there and wish upon happiness for me. I rather wish upon happiness for other people. Because I think that's more important to have other people happy. So that's how I was raised. I was raised to give the shirt off my back if a man needed it mm -hmm. versus me being okay and me being warm and comfy. Thanks for being on our podcast. Thank Edith. you. Um, I appreciate real quick, if you uh -huh. could just pray and repent and become straight, that would be awesome for the podcast. <laughs> like that would, I think it really boosts our numbers if you, would, if you wouldn't mind. Definitely be denying <laughs> who <laughs> I am, but yeah. Thanks, Edith, for coming out. Thank that's you for awesome. having me. You're awesome. I try. I try. No. So that was our interview with Edith. And uh, we just want to thank everybody for listening in. And especially thanks to Edith for uh, sharing her story and being pretty open and transparent with uh, all that she's uh, lived through and, and been through. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. And we'd love to hear what everyone thought about the episode and, and uh, Edith's story. And so uh, please, you know, comment um you can hit us up on facebook or twitter and let us know what you thought of the episode um you know if you're a gay christian uh we'd love to hear your story if you'd like to share that with us as well um and if any of you have topics that you'd like to hear us cover throughout this series of things that scare christians definitely hit us up with that we're still brainstorming um we have a lot of episodes that i think we're going to be able to crank out through this series that we're excited about but uh, we want to hear what you the listener would like to hear about so uh you know we're on all the social media twitter facebook and Instagram, all that. So uh, find us, hit us up, and let us know what you'd like to hear us cover. That's right. And from the Scare Christian Podcast, we just want to say one more time, Happy, happy Halloween. Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.